And we're recording. We're recording? Yes. We're on the All line. Right. We are live. Thank you for joining us here at Punt Pucks and Pitches. Ryan, we uh, another college football season in the books. And um, uh, if you were a betting man and picked Alabama, you're a smart betting man. And it, yeah. cause it's, hard to, it's hard to bet against Nick Saban and uh, the Crimson Tide. Yeah, well, we talked about this in our last episode. And, it, like, just at the skill position, I mean, they really had three Heisman contenders. They had, like, Devontae Smith is the best wide receiver in the country. Najee Harris is one of the best, if not the best, uh, running backs in the country. Uh, and then Mac Jones is one of the top five quarterbacks in the upcoming draft. And that doesn't even include guys like Alex Leatherwood, who uh, won the award this year for the best offensive tackle in the nation. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Alabama was just better. I mean, they are just – they're better better coached, better talent. And, yeah, it, it's been the same way for the past 15 years pretty much. Yeah, it's just a way that Alabama can just consistently keep recruiting these blue chip recruits. And then also when you have the same guy at the helm for yeah. uh, a decade and a half, you have the same system. You uh, know uh, what players you need exactly for that system. And when guys want to come and play there for you, it's it's it, it makes it really easy uh, to to have a, a 13-0 dominant season uh, yeah. at Alabama half. Um, well, and- well, when you consistently produce multiple first-round draft picks and you create a system like Alabama where you can develop players that will go into the NFL draft, uh, it makes recruiting almost easy. Like, yeah, yeah, it 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 really does. I mean, when if you're a blue chip recruit and you get a call from Nick Saban, it's hard not to think like I could easily could easily win a national championship. I could become highly recognizable. That could help me get to the uh, NFL draft and not just be go to the NFL draft, but be a very high pick in the NFL draft. And that that's really kind of what they're selling at Alabama and, and they're, it, it's paying off for them with all these national championships. And you really need to have a, a, uh, a team like the LSU Tigers were last year or a Dabo Sweeney-led uh, Clemson team with a, a very similar makeup of first-round picks, uh, absolutely stud position players, and an absolutely amazing offensive line. And it's amazing, too, because with the SEC's bowl dominance uh, this year, looking at Alabama's schedule, they didn't really have a very tough game. Yes, the Florida SEC. Uh, uh, yes, the the, the Florida uh, uh, SEC championship game. Um, mm. That was a tough game. They also uh, Ole Miss put a bunch of points up on them. Uh, that is that was interesting. I saw a thing. Alabama had two or three games this year where their defense gave up over forty points, and yet they still won. Uh, yeah. And so when you can play when you can play elite football on both sides of the ball. Uh, at this level, it's it's really hard to compete against, even in the best division in college football. Absolutely, and uh, it it really just just a testament to to with with how good these other SEC teams are. Like Georgia, you know they they did uh, win the Peach Bowl, uh, and uh, Notre Dame was no slouch of their own, even though a lot of people thought they shouldn't have been in the college football playoffs. To really just kind of handle these teams. 
it, it, it's amazing. Um, and it's going to be really fun to see a lot of these guys go on to the next level and, and see how well they do against um, professional competition. Mm-hmm. Like seeing Devontae Smith, Devontae Smith averaged 17 yards per catch, he touchdowns and was basically yeah. done. Almost, almost the the quarter. Uh, yeah, and he had a long of 44. I am curious to see what his yards after catch uh, will be. We talked about that a little bit before the show. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I mean – Ohio State. The first quarter of this game was somewhat interesting, but I don't. I don't think Ohio State ever led. No, they no. didn't. Well, they only scored first, then they tied it, and then in the fourth quarter, it was a twenty-eight to ten scoring differential. Yeah, and and I really think the only reason why the fourth and the first quarter was close is it seemed like Alabama had no trouble moving the ball down the field and that yeah. started to pick up in the second quarter. But uh, Ohio State got a, a strip sack fumble, uh, which then allowed them to score, I think, two plays, two or three plays later because they got the ball at the Alabama 15. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of kept them in it. But even the first couple drives, it was hard for it was hard for Ohio State to, to, to get really much anything going. And – I'm very curious too because I, I see Trace Sermon only ran the ball one time for two yards. Um, he, I, he, I he got know. hurt on his first carry. Really? Oh, okay. yeah, he did. Yeah, he uh, he ran the ball and the hit looked kind of awkward. And he came off and his left arm he couldn't lift up his left arm, so he went in the back and then he left the stadium and went to a hospital. Uh, oh, really? After his first carry. To be completely honest, I don't think it would have had a major effect on the game. I, I think maybe Ohio State scores another touchdown, if if yeah. he's not out there. Uh, so. Maybe I mean he he might give that offense a little different dynamic edge and true yeah. As we got to play against the run, but overall though I agree it didn't really seem too much uh, that that I that there, there's anything much more he could have contributed. He yeah. uh, he he could have uh, sorry some. No, you're good. Um, but, uh, are, you getting, are you getting feedback? No, there's these stupid ads on uh, on ESPN, which makes oh, it really okay, okay. talk because uh, I'm, I'm hearing multiple things. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, uh, anyways, though, as we were saying, yeah, with Trey Sermon, I mean, I think he's going to uh, be a good running back in, in the NFL. Uh, if there's a good offensive line that is in front of him. But in this mm-hmm. particular game, Alabama was winning the trenches. Alabama – uh, had the better skill position players, and yeah. uh, you could argue say that that they even had the better quarterback. But it does help when your offensive line mm-hmm. is giving you all this time, and, and you have Devonte Smith and Najee Harris uh, on your side of the ball. So, yeah. um, well, and like I said, Alex Leatherwood, uh, they mm-hmm. have they have three offensive linemen that are going in the NFL draft this year. I know I'm pretty sure one of them was uh, injured. Uh, yeah, the center who came in for one play at the very end. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but still, uh, it was Ohio State was no match. Uh, before we get into the quarterbacks uh, that were in this game, do you think this game really cements uh, Nick Saban as the best college coach of all time? Um, well, I guess in com- comparison, uh, only to to Bear Bryant, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I mean he's got more he's got more championships than Bear Bryant. I think he has uh, more championship appearances too. Yeah, uh, you could arguably say that maybe the competition uh, uh, is a little bit tougher now. 
with mm-hmm. uh, how deep the SEC is, the SEC definitely being the better conference uh, of, of it all. But also then just nationwide when you've got teams like Clemson, Ohio State every year, Notre Dame, uh, yeah. Oregon is normally up there. The Sooners are always up there. Not saying that there aren't other uh, um, teams uh, that were back then in the Bear Bryant age, but it's just a different game of football. And yeah. for Nick Saban to continuously be so dominant. Because mm-hmm. you have to you have to give him some credit. So not only is he bringing in elite-level talent. I mean, he has more five-star recruits coming into his program than any other program. Uh, but the ability to not only bring in this talent, but develop it and get these oh, guys yeah. to play on the same page. Some, I mean, some of these guys have to have egos and some of these guys have to come in there with bad mentalities. And yeah. so for him to be able to get those guys under control and consistently put together a, a championship level team is, is extremely impressive. Well, and then also though, to, to continuously get these recruits and have the, have his players perform on the next stage. Uh, I, I mean, look at all the mm-hmm. running backs that they produce, look at all these receivers and they're going to have even more receivers um, that are going to be coming out. The offensive linemen that are, that are in the NFL uh, quarterback haven't had as much success with quarterbacks. Two is the only one that uh, has really stood out, but not that uh, other quarterbacks like AJ McCarron or uh, yeah. uh, Hurts uh, could could potentially pan out. But still, the, how many players are in the next level and consistently performing? It yeah. I think also does need to add to uh, uh, his legacy as, as the best college coach as well, because a lot of it. Uh, in, in college and being student athletes is is going to to school and uh, learning how to become a, a professional and, and and him being able to train uh, and, and grow these players uh, kind of as, as would what you were saying uh, definitely I think adds it's just another check mark to him being the best college coach that we've seen yeah and you made the point about the uh, college quarterbacks uh, about Saban's quarterbacks not necessarily doing well. Um, that, that I guess has some to do with him, but when those quarterbacks are there, they're always ready to run his system. And if you look at the last two that have come out of there, I I know Jalen Hurts is technically an Oklahoma, uh, prospect, but, uh, Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa are two of the hottest rookies in the NFL right now. I mean, they're up there with Justin Herbert and, uh, Joe Burrow. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and there's nothing to say. Uh, uh, he's the first quarterbacks that I've seen. Or, or, or Jalen and Tua have been the, have had the most talent uh, that I've seen coming out of the Alabama uh, um, Nick Saban uh, umbrella. And yeah. uh, hopefully Mac Jones – I'd love to see Mac Jones uh, uh, continue that trend and, and have these better Alabama quarterbacks. But, yeah, a lot of those other quarterbacks um, in the past have been excellent game managers but just yeah. not as much kind of raw talent that you need to go on to the next level. So mm-hmm. it, uh, I, I do agree that uh, Tua, uh, all these talks about Tua potentially being traded by Miami just sound ludicrous. And Jalen Hurts, if uh, the Eagles decide to go with Carson Wentz, there are definitely a lot of teams looking for a quarterback that have a lot of yeah. film Jalen Hurts that would love to give him a shot. Oh, definitely. Well, like the quarterback is the most lucrative position in football. Mm-hmm. It's, the guy that gets all the blame, whether things go wrong or right. And it is by far the hardest position. Yeah. And so if you could potentially get a guy like a Tua Tagovailoa or Jalen Hurts in a trade now, 
only after one year in the league. They showed glimpses of being good. And I think there are at least 16 teams in the NFL right now that would jump on a trade to take one of those guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It would depend on the cost. Um, honestly, probably Jalen Hurts might be more affordable to teams. Yeah. Uh, just because he does have um, – well, I had the same same level of experience, but it would probably cost less, uh, I would say. Um, yeah. And, and uh, Tua, I think, still has a little bit more growing to do. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I don't think – I can't see Ma- – Miami drafted him uh, for him to be the starting quarterback. Not, not, yeah. not that give him a year and then potentially trade him. Even, But the offer for Tua would have to just be outlandishly – crazy multiple first round picks over the next few coming years I, like yeah maybe some players involved that's a that's a hypothetical that we can get into in a different episode i, I uh, agree with that i agree with that so uh, speaking speaking of quarterbacks to me the most interesting thing about the most interesting aspect of this national championship game was the two quarterbacks and how they were executing their game plans yeah. uh I feel I feel bad for Justin Fields because I don't think he ever really got to display uh, some of his playmaking ability just because they got behind so quick that he kind of had to sit in the pocket uh, and try and force the ball down the field. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that goes to show the testament of, of how uh, athletic that uh, Alabama defense is, is because he was constantly under pressure. And if you you look at these stats, they got down early. Um, and we're, and never came back. So he was probably going to pass the ball more uh, um, than he probably would have liked. But Alabama also came with a game plan, as you saw. Justin Fields went off against Clemson because the secondary of Clemson kept letting the Ohio State receivers uh, get past them, getting them yeah. open these deep balls. And Alabama wasn't going to allow them to do that. They were going to keep uh, the Buckeyes in front of them. And they did a great job containing Justin Fields, but then also having absolute, absolutely uh, lockdown corners. Uh, and, and their secondary played amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of first-round picks, Patrick Sertan is a potential first-round corner. Uh, mm-hmm. And he he put Chris Olave on an island. I oh, know he ended, up, he ended up with eight catches for 69 yards, but I, I think he only had two catches in the first two and a half quarters. Which, yeah. by the time I say two and a half quarters, at that point the game was over. It was over, yeah. yeah. And then especially then he's going to get a little more catches because they're going to want to try. They're going to go to any – Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're they're not going to want to get beat deep and then give up a touchdown really quickly and potentially give Ohio State some momentum. And mm-hmm. so – but I, I absolutely agree, and, and that's what makes it even tougher for Justin Fields. When you've got uh, one guy – arguably shutting down uh, their their best receiver and absolutely shutting off that side of the field then the other defense knows that like then then they can be more aggressive on blitzes they can double team some other guys uh makes it harder to get to the check down guy and it just yeah. seemed like some fields just couldn't really do much with with what he was given and yeah. i don't think it's going to affect his draft stock overall no. i just think alabama was the better team and i agree with what you said earlier quarterbacks get too much blame they also get too much praise. Yeah. And this is one of those times when I think we need to just just look at Alabama is just absolutely uh, – Alabama is clearly the best college football team in the nation this year. 
And that's just, that's just how it is. And that, and Ohio state is the second best. It's just that gap happens to be wider than it has been in the past few years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it definitely showed today I, uh, when in that second quarter, the, <laughs> the Alabama just moved the ball at will. It was just yeah. like, it was really just kind of like they were playing the Irish when uh, in that first half, they just, methodically move the ball down the field. Mac Jones did an absolutely amazing job controlling that offense, making the right decisions. Yeah. Uh, it's Devontae Smith is able to get so much separation where he's wide open. And even if they are covered, uh, you, you're not really able to watch uh, Najee Harris uh, the or, or any of the other running backs coming out of the backfield. So then mm-hmm. it gives Mac Jones an easy option after he reads his, his reads to then just just all right. Just check down, guy. Okay. All right. Just we'll 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 take five yards. Yeah. You know? And so that's why they were able to move the ball so easily. So um, I thought Mac Jones played really well. I mean, to throw for four hundred sixty-four yards and five touchdowns doesn't matter how much yards after catch there is. That's still very impressive to be able yeah. to lead an offense like that. So. Well, then, not only was did he throw for that, he was he made the right reads all night. He only had the one turnover, which uh, was a strip sack. It wasn't necessarily his fault. I think his guard got beat on yeah. a, on a play, mm-hmm. and he got hit. I think in less than two and a half seconds. And so yeah. that that turnover it isn't really his fault. Um, but I I think Mac Jones. Uh, a lot of people are saying Mac Jones is the Joe Burrow of twenty twenty, and. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I think he's a great prospect going into the uh, 2021 draft. And I think uh, he could potentially be a franchise quarterback. And I think uh, this draft class has five potential quarterbacks that could become starters in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, and there's only really one full year of of tape for – Mac Jones, he did play a little bit of games uh, last year towards the end of the season once when Tua was out. But, you know, he definitely has the potential there. Uh, he definitely has gone under the radar. Uh, and and it's it's kind of easy, too, when you got Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields already coming in as uh, arguably the one-two quarterbacks. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, yeah. for sure, number one. But then, yeah. but then when you have guys like Zach Wilson coming up and having an amazing year at BYU – Trey he was Lance. a Heisman candidate for uh, many, for many of the games or weeks uh, throughout the beginning of the season. He was, yeah, yeah. That that loss to Coastal Carolina was was definitely a, a, a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of hurt his chances um, and yeah. BYU's chances overall. But uh, Trey Lance out of North Dakota State, I'm very curious to see how he does. It's got to be tough. Uh, really, only playing one game, um, but his stats though are through the roof. Still going for. For, uh, throwing for 42 touchdowns in 2019 uh, and leading uh, the Bison to a uh, national championship, uh, even though it is at the uh, FCS level, that's still absolutely tough to do and, and amazing. And I'm and very curious to see where he ends up. It'll be this will probably be one of the more watched combines, uh, yeah, and and off season off season before the draft. Uh, that I can remember in a really long time. So many teams need uh, a quarterback. So many teams need weapons. So many teams need offensive mm-hmm. line. And this class seems to have uh, all of it. I think when we look back and we look at this national championship game, we're just going to look at all the talent that yeah. on this field. And and it's really going to be amazing because 
Uh, I, I know we're going to be doing a lot of mock drafts here in the next coming months, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this game affects Mac Mac Jones uh, in the eyes of a lot of these teams that uh, just got out in, in the NFL playoffs. A lot of these teams, mm-hmm. like the Redskins, Taylor Haneke played yeah. amazing this past week. But you might want to get a quarterback at, at your, with your first or second pick, and Mac Jones is projected to be in that range. Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger's on like he's too old if he comes back i think that's the mistake on the steelers part i don't blame ben roethlisberger 30 million dollars is 30 million dollars yeah uh, yeah no <laughs> um the colts philip rivers is most likely going to retire and mm-hmm. bears we don't know where the bears are at if nick Foles is going to come back and be the starter once when he's healthy or if they're going to stick it out with mitchell trubisky no, the, uh Foles. i thought from what i read Foles was healthy but trubisky was playing well so they gave trubisky the nod and Trubisky actually played pretty well in the last five games of the season. Uh, the thing is, I'm worried that they're going to fall into another Jay Cutler situation where they got this guy who uh, mm-hmm. they pay a lot of money and then he comes in and then he's just not quite what you pay him to be. Well, and that's the thing. It seems like the Bears have been struggling to find a quarterback now for – a little while. Jay Cutler had his moments, yes, but just wasn't the consistent kind of uh, yeah. like if you're looking for. Uh, Kyle Orton was solid, but struggled with consistency. Wasn't a franchise yeah. quarterback, more of a, a stopgap, kind of like a young Ryan Fitzpatrick. And you got Rex Grossman, who was the quarterback for when they went to the Super Bowl last. But yeah, um, that's one of my favorite sayings of all time the Rex Grossman in the Super Bowl. Yep. First quarter Rex was good Rex. Second quarter Rex was bad Rex. Second half Rex was train Rex. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah. and the Bears, and it feels like it's been like that for the Bears for a little while now. Mitchell Trubisky had a great, was it rookie year or, or second year? Um, where they made it to the playoffs but, but missed the field goal to win the game. Oh, uh, that was two years ago. Okay. Yeah, so, so like he he does have the potential there, but I wonder if maybe the pieces around him might not be uh, what they're looking for, uh, or, or might not be the best uh, pieces for him. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, cur- I'm really curious to see kind of where management goes, where the coaching staff goes, um, and if I'm not mistaken, I think they're getting a new general manager, or, or, or the general manager was just fired at the Bears. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure on that. Um, I know that Matt Nagy was not fired. Uh, Chuck Pagano, their defensive coordinator retired, Okay, uh, but I don't know. After watching him in Indianapolis, that might be a good yeah, thing. Yeah, that might be for the best. No, I, I uh, see their, uh, their GM and Matt Nagy, uh, is still there. But, yeah. Okay, uh, okay. I'm looking, there's an article today by ESPN where the GM saying that everything is on the table, uh, including QB spot. So that, that goes back to saying that there's just a lot of teams that are mm-hmm. going to be looking for a quarterback. And this is this is the draft class to be looking for a quarterback. I I really think there are five or six guys that could come in and make a difference on an NFL roster. I mean, it, just oh, in this absolutely. game alone, Justin Fields and Mac Jones. Justin Fields is such a unique prospect just with his physical tools and throwing ability. He, he reminds me of – when I watch him, it looks like just an older brother of uh, Kyler Murray, just a mm-hmm. little bit. Actually, yeah. well, you know, I say that though, but 
Um, I could see him turning into a, a Russell Wilson. Yeah, that's what, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, if Russell Wilson was 6'3", or 6'4", I forget which one he is exactly, tall. that to me tall. would be uh, Justin Fields. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a, such a tremendous playmaker. Uh, he holds on to the ball a little too long, uh, but it's almost like – in a way, it almost helps him. It almost like fits his game that he hangs on to the ball that long. Because, yeah, he might take an extra sack every now and then. But sometimes he'll hang on to that ball and he might get you an extra six yards. Or he might throw throw a, a pass. And it just – his game eludes Russell Wilson. And I think it will translate to the next level. Because uh, improvisation is something that really is struggled to be taught. It's hard to learn how to improvise in the pocket. And yeah. I think that's something Justin Fields does as an at an elite level, and it might actually be the one thing that he does better than Trevor Lawrence is improvisation. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that'll be very uh, interesting to see. And, and I think it's almost guaranteed. It's not, it's 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 everything but but locked in that mm-hmm. Jags are going to take Trevor Lawrence. But that's a really good yeah. point, and it's going to be something that. Um, that he'll learn over time because when you do watch Russell Wilson, he he is the best. Like Russell Wilson could easily win an MVP, uh, and he was on pace yeah. this year. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, the offense definitely got stagnant as, as yeah. people saw this weekend. But well, one of the one Russell of the things is able to improvise, as what you're saying, and manage the game at the same time, and that's something I think that Justin Fields could could easily learn mm-hmm. once we get up to the next level. So one of the things that Russell Wilson though has never had is an offensive line. And I think that has hampered his career in in many ways. And I think that's probably part of the reason why he hasn't quite won an MVP yet. Just because uh, he takes a lot of sack like no, he doesn't take a lot of sacks, but he has a lot of throwaways, which I think affects his completion percentage. Uh but in terms of like actual val- like players value to a team, I think you would struggle to find a team that needs a player as bad as the Seahawks need Russell Wilson. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, there's definitely you know there's that argument to make that like the most valuable player should be, you know, like like uh, yeah. People always say you know it's going to be the highest stat leading guy, but yeah, now, if you look at it, I mean, I mean, a lot of times this team, if you take Russell Wilson away from the Seahawks, this team, I don't know if this team could win a game, you know. Yeah, they, they might they might go four and twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, they would be they would be last in that division. Hmm. And you look at his performance in the beginning of the years, he he absolutely won those games for yeah. the Seahawks. And it's like what you're saying with, with the improvisation and him being able to uh, yeah. evade back and uh, get outside the pocket to continue plays. It, it really is uh, uh, amazing uh, what yeah. he can do. Another similarity between the two, and then we'll go on to another guy that I have mixed feelings about. Uh, they're deep balls their ability to throw that high arcing deep ball that just drops right in the bucket. And Justin Fields put this on full display against Clemson. Uh, it's beautiful to watch. I mean, that ball is yeah. like 80 feet in the air. Yeah. That might be a slight hyperbole, but. Uh, <laughs> well, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And that's something that NFL scouts are going to see is that arm mm-hmm. strength plus the precision. Because yeah. it, if you know that that's a threat and if you can put a, an offensive line in front of him that can give yeah. him time to throw that ball, then from there it's just it's going to be getting reps with the receivers and working on those 10 to 15-yard passes, you know, getting 
better at reading defenses because uh, because then he'll have the full package. Plus, then if he can run and evade the pocket, defenses yeah. are going to have an awfully hard time trying to stop Justin Fields. So mm-hmm. it's going to be very interesting to kind of see where he falls in the draft and which team takes him. Uh, I think it, he's got to go top ten. You know, so I think he's got. It, it, if we were to do, I've been do, practicing with a couple mock drafts, and uh, all the mock drafts uh, included no trades. Um, it, it, it is very, I could, it's very possible, uh, depending on where the Panthers go at number eight, it's possible that he could fall uh, uh, pretty far down, uh, decently far down. But hmm. that is with no trades, and there are so many teams that are going to need quarterbacks. And they're the teams that have the capital uh, or need the capital, need the draft capital uh, in those first couple of picks with the Jets mm-hmm. and the Dolphins. Um, yeah. And because if there's any team that needs to help uh, a rebuild now and needs a lot of rookies, a lot of picks, it's going to be the Jets. If there's any team that has the draft capital where they could sell it, uh, sell that third pick and potentially get even more, uh, it's the Dolphins. And so, uh, but if there were no trades, it is possible. I, I would say the Falcon, the Falcons will be the breaking points because then, if you look at the teams behind them, uh, depending on where uh, management uh, is hired and and coaches um, and, and where certain coaches go and, and what uh, uh, philosophies are brought into certain organizations, yeah, from the Falcons to the Patriots, there are only a handful of teams that that might take a quarterback, but also all those teams they might take uh, a skill a lot of skill positions there's a lot of great skill players that are in this draft a lot of great defensive players uh, as well so it'll be very interesting to kind of see where it goes I I personally think that trades will be made and Trevor Lawrence is obviously number one but then Justin Fields and Zach Wilson will be taken at the top five uh in, in, in my personal opinion um really you have that much confidence in Zach Wilson I think I, I think Zach Wilson ha, has the tools. I would be interesting to see. Uh, I could see a team like the Falcons taking Zach Wilson, where you give him a year to kind of learn the system and and grow. Um, mm-hmm. I, yes, he's playing BYU. Uh, uh, he's playing at BYU. It's a little bit different competition, but uh, UCF is no slouch, and he absolutely torched that defense. And mm. uh, some of the throws that he's able to make similar to the Justin Fields kind of capability as well. So Yeah. For, for me with Zach Wilson, I, I think he's an exceptional talent. He's able to change his arm angle really well. He reminds me of Justin Herbert from last year's draft class. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has so many good games on tape, but he also has a few duds. Yeah. Uh, and so, to me, I think it's all going to be about him being able to go into a uh, – a program and develop. Like you said, I think the Falcons would be a good place for him. I think new England would also be a good place for him. He's played at BYU. He's played in the cold. He's played outdoors. Yeah. Uh, And so I also think the same thing for Justin Fields. I think Atlanta is a perfect situation for Justin Fields. Um, Mm -hmm. How so? Because you guys have young talent on the offensive line coming into their third year. Uh, I know you guys picked, uh, an offensive tackle and an offensive guard, not this past draft, but the year before. Yeah. Uh, I think you guys have good young wide receiver talent and Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage. Uh, yeah. I think the, the defense is going to be good enough. Um, and 
I think he'll be able to come in for a year or two and sit behind Matt Ryan as Matt Ryan closes out his career uh, in Atlanta. And he'll be able to learn and he'll be able to work out some of those kinks that I think he has in his college game, like holding on to the ball too long uh, and maybe not reading coverages as well. And I think Matt Ryan is a perfect teacher for Justin Fields to come in and learn how to read coverages, learn how to handle coverage rotation post snap. And I think it really would be a good situation for him to come in, especially the cherry on top. He's from Atlanta. So I agree with that. I mean, and and definitely everything, uh, fits the bill and uh and Justin Fields is going to be great uh, uh anywhere and I really like not that Zach Wilson can't run um I, I, he definitely can uh, uh can move past he's a slighter uh, build than Justin Fields he's a slighter build he reminds me the way hit Zach Wilson when he runs kind of reminds me of like an Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers yeah. normally doesn't run but when he does he he can run and mm-hmm. and he, he's not someone that you should uh I guess, mm-hmm. loose side of. Uh, yeah, when and Aaron Rodgers knows when to get down to and not take those extra hits. That can really be damaging to a yeah. quarterback's career. But that would be really interesting to have have a, a quarterback like Justin Fields with that Atlanta offense. Um, I, I I I really think he would. I think I think all three of them, Trevor Lawrence, Wilson, and Fields, is going are going to mm-hmm. excel uh, yeah. wherever they go. Um, honestly, the only one that. that uh, Knowing that Trevor Lawrence is going to go to Jacksonville, he's going to come in as the starter. So uh, I'm curious to just to kind of see how how well they do because that division is going to be at a very interesting point. The Titans are have vulnerabilities, but are the best team. The Colts might be looking for a, um, a quarterback. So depending on the quality mm-hmm. of quarterback that they get, uh, it'll be very interesting to see how Trevor Lawrence does. But wherever Justin Fields and Zach Wilson go, most likely they will be. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the backup quarterback. Um, yeah. To, well, so it depends on who trades up and, and, and gets him. So another guy that I find really interesting is Trey Lance. This is the guy that I said earlier in this episode that I was a little so-so on. Um, I have a feeling just because of who's coaching in this place now that Washington is going to take uh, Trey Lance. Okay. Okay. To me, he's Cam Newton Jr. I I think he is an elite level athlete. Uh, I mean, he has unmatched size and speed in this draft. Uh, I mean, he's like, he's what, 6'5, like 245? Uh, Yeah, he's 6'4, 6'5, like 240, like 245. Uh, He's he's a massive athlete. Oh, wow. I didn't Uh, know that. No, he's huge. He's giant. Yeah. Uh, and so with him, I think Ron Rivera is going to be enamored with Trey Lance. Yeah. Uh, well, he, he picked Cam Newton in, what was that, 09? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, I don't know, I'm, the, the jury's still out on Trey Lance. Um, one of the things that is very concerning for me is that of uh, quarterbacks, of the quarterbacks he's being compared to in this draft, in 2019, he had the worst accuracy rating by, I think, over like 5%. Well, and that was also the same year too, right? He had the 42 touchdowns, no interception. Yeah. yeah. he's And he's also playing against such a lower level of competition that it's kind of hard to really judge his passing ability just because 
North Dakota State is like the Alabama of the FCS. Yep. So. Yeah, and with that being said, though, they they still are are able to, um, I guess, kind of uh, 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 engineer uh, good draft pros- uh, 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 Sorry, uh, draft uh, prospects. Uh, Carson mm-hmm. Wentz is having issues in Philly, but I don't think I don't know how much of that is on the field uh, uh, issues. There are some on the field issues, but uh, still, uh, he did come from North Dakota State and. and uh, I don't think he went 42 and 0 touchdown to interception ratio, no. but did have great years up there and, and won multiple national championships. Yeah. So, that, that's also another key is you said years, plural. Yeah. Trey Lance had a good year and then he played one game. It was the Trey Lance showcase. I think he called it. Take and he, he looked, he looked good. I mean, he looked athletically gifted and all these things. Still passing, he left a big question mark on that if he can actually really throw the ball at an elite level. Yeah, and so that's where I, he he is the big question mark because I think with all the other quarterbacks, including Mac Jones and uh, uh, Kyle Trask, Kyle Trask as well. Kyle Trask, I think, is going to be more of a second round pick quarterback. Yeah. Mac Jones, I think Mac Jones will be too. You think Mac Jones will be? Yeah, it's unless uh, somebody gets enamored by his numbers. Uh, but if you look at a lot of his passing, a, a good amount of it's uh, after catch. He does make good reads, and he came from a complex system. Uh, but if you look at the team he was on, mm-hmm. you can almost like make a case that he had the easiest path of any of the quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. But you can say that same thing, though, about Joe Burrow. I I agree. I agree. Yeah, and I and and I and I I agree with you. I I think that uh, Mac Jones um, had had a had a Heisman winning receiver and there should have been potential uh, uh, Heisman finalists uh, uh, on his side of the ball that he could throw to. Uh, but that being said, he's much better though than. Uh, um, the majority of the Alabama quarterbacks to, to get drafted. No, I agree. Uh, he he's better than AJ McCarron coming out. He's better than uh, 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 who's uh, was it Blake Sims or? Uh, I can't remember. Uh, uh, I know uh, uh, Greg McElroy uh, as well. Yeah. Um, uh, him and Jalen Hurts, I think, are kind of two different quarterbacks. Um, mm-hmm. I think talent wise, he might have a little bit more than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts did a great job managing the team, uh, so to say. Yeah. Um, so that'll be uh, something to kind of look look out for and kind of really see what what his combines looking like, which teams work mm-hmm. him out. But uh, yeah. but that's what's really very interesting though about this college draft class and where we're at in football. Uh, I we're definitely going through a transition phase where uh, Gen X is being taken over by uh, Gen Z and. All a lot of these teams, we could probably make a list now of a dozen teams that are going to be drafting quarterbacks because they don't have one, or uh, teams are, are starting to get to the end of the or quarterbacks are just starting to that chapter in the franchise history with this quarterback is starting to come to an end. Like the Falcons, for example, Matt Ryan. Uh, I don't believe this offseason, but next offseason will will not be uh, a Falcon, uh, even though he's got some. He, he, he does have. Uh, some stuff in the tank. It, 
these quarterbacks, though, and I think it's a testament to how great uh, the quarterbacks uh, that are playing now, like the Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, Matt yeah. Ryan, even so to say, uh, heck, even Andy Dalton. I mean, I'm, uh, like Andy Dalton, even though he did not have a good, good, did not have a good career overall stat wise. Uh, that I don't think that that was really his fault, but he spent nine to ten years up in Cincinnati. Uh, yeah. And I, he's had a bad coaching regime around him, and he's still in the league, and he's a backup spot, you know. So, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, he granted it wasn't very hard, but he had Dallas in contention uh, to win that division. Yeah, like so. So there's still a lot of vet quarterbacks. Heck, Ryan Fitzpatrick's in his 40s also, and he's, no, he's still a backup like quarterback. No, oh, is he 37? Yeah, he's late 30s. He looks 47 with the great yeah, beard. With the beard. Yeah. Yeah. But, we're at a very interesting time and there's a lot of teams that are, um, and heck, Alex Smith was in the same draft class and it looks like he's probably going to retire, but Alex Smith was in the same draft class as Aaron Rodgers, And he's been in the league for this long as well, you know? Yeah. And so we're at a very interesting time. I think we're going to, we haven't seen too many, you know, draft bust. Uh, I think the last big, big one was Jamarcus Russell, but there, to my knowledge that I can remember, there weren't too many really in, in the 2010s. That's because Trubisky, of, is, the jury's still out on Trubisky. Uh, he's not a especially Jamar. with Deshaun Watson and uh, Patrick Mahomes being drafted after Trubisky. Yeah, but it's it's not like I wouldn't yeah. call him like an epic bust. Uh, to if, me, it was more of a bonehead draft pick. It's not a bust. I would consider Mitchell Trubisky, if he were to bust now, uh, it would be considered. I would consider him more of like a Reggie Bush bust, only because maybe he didn't reach the expectations um, that were kind of set upon him by the Bears franchise. Reggie Bush, uh, for example, uh, like he he had a great career, but coming out, he was the Heisman winner. He was on that great USC team, and he had a great career, and he was in the league for a very long time. It's it's unfair to call Reggie Bush a bus, and and people do. That's why I'm using him as his example. I personally, but I don't think Mitchell Trubisky's even had that great of a career. I I mean, he's only led uh, the Bears to the playoffs as the full time starter one time. Yeah, but uh, I really feel like 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 if, if the Bears decide to go a different way, there will be another team that will pick up Mitchell Trubisky. Like I still think the talent is there. Uh, it's not like he's just given up and is it's kind of like a Jamarcus Russell, Ryan Leaf type of bust. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, it's definitely unfair to even really be talking about uh, Mitchell Trubisky being a bust right now because he's only in his yeah. third or fourth year in the league. So, and frankly, he 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 did just start for them in the playoffs for the, for the second time. Uh, he is in a tough division with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yeah. And, they can, I, I agree with that. Yeah. So verdict's still out. This is something that'll be some curious to see where he is at five years from now uh, mm -hmm. to see. But the success of Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, I think, is uh, maybe goes to show a testament of maybe more the the scouting and the recruiting for those franchises than compared to yeah. the Bears, so to say. Mm -hmm. But but that all being said, coming back to, to the main point, it's still we're at a very interesting point and in why I think 
we're going to look back at this national championship game and where's Mac Jones going to be five years from now? Where's Justin Fields going to be at five years from now? Is Devontae Smith going to be the the next Julio Jones, Michael Thomas-like receivers? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's going to be really interesting to see where all these top prospects uh, are at and will probably become the face of uh, these franchises uh, for the next uh, seven to ten years, potentially. Yeah. No, I definitely agree uh, that we'll look back on that national championship game and just realize how star-studded both of those teams really were. Yeah, it definitely had had a Texas-USC championship vibe, minus the epic ending. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but if you look at just the talent that was on the field – actually, no, I take that back. Uh, uh, a better uh, – also minus the, the epic ending, but the 2002 Ohio State-Miami Hurricanes national championship game. If you go back and look at the talent that was on that field, it's mm-hmm. it's it's absurd, and that's what it kind of seemed like this game was with all the talent that was on the field. Both had great offensive lines. Alabama's defense is absolutely spectacular. The weapons um, on the Alabama offense uh, were just absurd, and mm-hmm. because there's even talk, uh, Najee Harris might potentially be uh, drafted in the first round. He's that good, and nowadays yeah. you don't really see that with running backs. You can get running backs at a dime a dozen. Basically. Yeah, well, you so. have a few in the past few years, but I don't know. He he could be. He has enough talent. Um, yeah, he's but, got the he's got the size and the speed, and, yeah. and he, he does have good hands, which that is huge now uh, in the NFL to be able to have that check down guy that that can catch the ball and and get yards after the catch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 he is able to do that. So I think that's going to be uh, very important for for his draft stock. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I, do you have any more to say about college football right now, or do you want to go ahead and transition over into the NFL playoffs and review the the games that happened this past weekend? Uh, no, I mean, as of now, no. Definitely looking forward to kind of uh, in the future, and I think we're going to do this next week once when we know the yeah. championship games. Uh, mm-hmm. But definitely looking forward to sitting down and really analyzing uh, all these teams' needs and, and, and our, our projected uh, mock draft. So, mm-hmm. uh, but really it, it, it does kind of segue in kind of what we were talking about to a lot of the issues of the teams that lost, um, this week, yeah. the, uh, Colts and bills were, it was a great game, but I think the bills were able to fight it through. It was a little bit closer than I thought. I, I, I would have thought the bills offense would have done a little bit better credit to the uh, Colts defense. Um, to me, that was the most entertaining game of the of the weekend that was the that was a hard fought back and forth uh but the Colts just weren't able to pull it out in the end I think the Bills were just a little bit better uh but the Colts surprised me in the fact that they were able to limit Buffalo's offense so much that's what I was saying too and and I I thought the Colts defense was good but but they were definitely able to limit uh Mm -hmm. their explosive plays and I'm very curious to see how the Bills move forward. If hopefully it's not the Bills being becoming stagnant, but more the Colts defense play plays yeah. really well. Uh, One of the so, things that I thought was interesting was at the end of the second half when the Colts went for the touchdown on fourth and goal instead of kicking the field goal, uh, which would have tied the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I struggle to see what Frank Reich was thinking in that moment. I'm not. I'm not a football coach, so I, I guess I 
I don't know. I just to me, I think you take the points. You go up uh, uh, thirteen to three or thirteen to seven in the moment. Buffalo did end up going down and scoring a touchdown, so it would have been fourteen thirteen at that point, um, going into halftime. But I still struggle just to see the the reasoning for going for it on fourth and goal. Yeah, I agree, especially at that point in the game. It's it, it it's not really something uh, when you're on the road like that, going up against the number two seed, and you know how explosive that offense could be. I feel like, I, and as they saw as as they went down and scored, uh, yeah. you definitely want to take all the points you can get, especially going into halftime. Uh, if it was maybe something like if you wanted to put the game away uh, yeah. towards, towards the end of the the half, potentially, uh, I could see that. I, I do agree, uh, and and there was another uh, decision too. Uh, it, it was to go for two. Uh, is that what it was? Um, I'm trying to remember it, 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 in the second half. Um. Oh, I, yeah. I think so. I don't yeah. actually quite remember. So it was for some reason. Yeah, it was twenty four ten, and the Colts scored to make it twenty four sixteen, and for some reason. They went for two, but I do remember that now. Actually, is they made yeah, the extra point, but there is an offsides. I still disagree with with that call that would go for two because then uh, what ended up happening is then now you're down eight, mm-hmm. uh, and the uh, the Bills went down and kicked the field goal, and they're up eleven. Then that made the uh, down the Colts then had to go for two again. You know, just to make it to where a field goal tied the game. Instead of just just kind of what you were talking about there, just take the points. You know, you're only now you're only down a touchdown. Not make it harder on yourself, Uh, and then maybe maybe enforce the extra five yards on the kickoff. So then you know it's going to be a touchback, uh, or maybe you get tricky. Maybe try and try and pooch it and and try and really pin it back there. Uh, Yeah, there there were a couple of decisions by by Frank Reich that didn't seem like the smartest. Uh, yeah, sure. and don't get me wrong. Frank Reich, I think, has done an excellent job with that Colts team because I, I do think they're young. They may not ha- be as talented as some of these uh, other teams, especially in the, their secondary. Uh, and, and I think he did a great job getting them to 11-5. and five. But I I question a few of those decisions. Just Yeah. Because sometimes you just got to put points up. And if you well, get – Especially, especially too when you go for two – and then you're trying to make it when, – when you go for two, when going for one, I, like it doesn't really change much of anything. I feel yeah. like you're risking more than what the reward is worth, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, no, so, I 100% agree. So, and especially at, at, like at, that, at that point in the game, it, it, just, it, it just didn't seem – it didn't seem to make sense. You weren't going to really have a lot of possessions, uh, mm-hmm. enough possessions to, to come back. Uh, and uh, right up. So here, like, let me see. I think this is in, uh, yeah, it was in the, uh, oh, wait, no, here. Where was it? And so so it was in the beginning of the fourth quarter when they scored. So there's only, there was only 11 and a half minutes left in the game. And there just wasn't, they, and they only got two more possessions after that. So that's why I felt like there wasn't really enough time on the clock uh, to to try and be be creative like that because I just felt like you're just going to be chasing that point now for the rest mm-hmm. of the game. Yeah. So I don't know. I 
I think the better team still ended up winning, but I think the Colts could have done more to maybe come away with that win and take it away from Buffalo. Well, so. and that's one too. And Phillip Rivers is, is an, definitely an experienced veteran, but it, it kind of goes back to what we were saying uh, just a little bit ago is I just can tell that the age is getting to him just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, potentially one of those teams that is going to be looking for a quarterback here uh, in this mm-hmm. upcoming draft. Yeah. But I think I think the Colts have a good future. I mean, you put anyone behind that offensive line that can sit back there for four seconds, they can they can do some damage to almost any defense in the NFL with, the, yeah. with that offensive line. Their run game is fantastic, so I think the Colts have a good future, uh, no matter who's uh, hiking the ball for them. So I agree, I, I agree completely. And there's definitely uh, I've been seeing some stuff about uh, some potential quarterback trades that uh, would help both parties involved. That I, I, I know we'll see if that comes to to fruition but uh the Colts are definitely in a good spot I think moving forward uh when to come in and get a veteran quarterback or, or yeah. even a young talented quarterback and come in and, and make a big difference mm-hmm. and so the then the Bills I mean we're going to talk about the Bills here a little bit more in a second once we talk about this upcoming weekend's games but the Bills yeah. just look solid they just didn't really seem to make too many mistakes Josh Allen and that offense looked really good and mm-hmm. I just uh, I, I'm just liking what I'm seeing from them. Yeah, I mean they're they're playing solid football, and the Colts had a very good defense, like I said, and uh, they kept Buffalo in front of them, which has been something teams have struggled. Even New England has struggled to do uh, this season. So, yeah. um, mm-hmm. it was a very impressive performance by the Colts defense. Uh, but the Bills still, I mean, the Colts weren't going to let them get big plays, so the Bills were like, "Fine, we'll take what you give me, and we'll just dink and dunk." five yards, eight yards, 10 yards yeah. down the field. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's really interesting too, because then that's going to be a good segue into uh, our, the, the Ram Seahawks game. Cause I felt yeah. like the Seahawks couldn't do any of that. No, the Seahawks they the Rams defense just absolutely shut them down. And really just the, the, the Rams defense is what won the game. Yeah. Uh, White saw they had, uh, like nine sacks on Russell Wilson. Yep, something like that. It uh, it's something ridiculous. And the that that front line is with, with Aaron Donald is absolutely solid. And you got Jalen Ramsey playing absolutely lockdown defense on DK Metcalf. Yeah. And there's even times in the game when Metcalf looks absolutely like uh, irritated and frustrated, like the ball's not being passed to him enough. And it's a combination of like, well, you're you're not open, and two, Russell Wilson doesn't have time. Like if they were just constant pressure, uh, that's yeah. and it's going to be really interesting to see how the Rams do against uh, the Green Bay Packers. Well, but the, if that defense plays like that, they have a chance against anyone. The only problem Absolutely. is uh, for the Rams, I think Devontae Adams is going to get his no matter what. He's going to get his catches. He's going to get his yards. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't think there's not much Jalen Ramsey can really do about it. Just because if Devontae Adams is struggling to beat him one on one. Matt LaFleur uh, will scheme himself. We'll scheme Devontae Adams open. Yeah. He'll get, he'll get him off down Ramsey. Uh, he'll run a little pick play. He'll run a screen to get him in the open field. Um, so we can talk about that here in a second. Yeah. Yeah. But really, in uh, uh, with this Rams Seahawks game, it's, it was a surprise that the Rams won. But there was the Seahawks offense that really kind of shocked me from mm-hmm. watching the first game of the Seahawks versus the Falcons uh, to now. That offense really, 
uh, absolutely uh, fell off a cliff, I think is the nicest way to say it. There's they, amazed that they really struggled to move the ball. They seemed like Russ Wilson had no time in the pocket. And the score is 30 to 20, but it, it really wasn't that close uh, overall. No, they, I think it was 30 to 13. Uh, and then the Seahawks uh, scored a touchdown late. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. And the the Seahawks, I'm very curious to kind of see uh, what they end up doing. They definitely look like they seem to uh, need some offensive line help. That's what I said at the beginning of the show. Yep, when absolutely, they, yeah. They need O-line so bad. Yeah, and there's a lot of good O-line recruits that are coming up in this draft, and uh, it'd be very interesting to kind of see if maybe they want to take a Penn AC wall. Uh, and, and trade and trade with the Jets, or, or maybe mm-hmm. trade with the Dolphins, uh, depending on what's there, and because they absolutely need to protect Russell Wilson. Because look at what happened in the beginning of the year when Russell Wilson had time, defenses hadn't really figured out their system yet, and were able yeah. to, and, and were able to give him time to make decisions. It seemed like in the Rams, yeah. of course, the Rams are the best defense in the league, but he had no time at yeah. all to, to make decisions. Yeah, and I. I think that's something that Seattle is going to realize, especially as Russell Wilson starts to get into the latter part of his career. Maybe not next year, but he's he's approaching mid thirties. I don't think a lot of people realize that. I think he's thirty two right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. And for a solid quarterback like like his, where he's, I don't want to say more of a runner, but running is a good like an yeah. integral his game. It's going to be interesting uh, mm-hmm. to see if once when his mobility starts to slide, that's going to affect him more. Than uh, Ben Roethlisberger, where his mobility is definitely slid, yeah. but he's still able to yeah. he's still able to sling it a little bit, only because that's just his game and well, the team. With, with uh, Ben Roethlisberger, cheeseburger, uh, <laughs> he uh, part of his game was bouncing off people. So, yeah, yeah, well, absolutely, yeah. and and it, uh, we'll get to Ben here in a second, but Russell Wilson doesn't have that uh, ability, doesn't have that size, and his, his once when he starts to lose his mobility, his lack of uh, lack of mobility will affect his improvisation. That's kind of what we were talking about. So they need uh-huh. to get they need to get him some offensive linemen. They need to give him time in the pocket so he can make decisions. Yeah. Otherwise, I think it's I can I think it's going to be very similar uh, to what the Seahawks uh, to the yeah. Seahawks season is right now. They're going to start yeah. off hot and fresh. Teams are trying to get their sea legs, trying to figure out their defense. Uh, Russell Wilson going to have energy, but then as teams start to figure him out, it's just going to be tough, I think, for the Seahawks mm-hmm. to keep moving forward. But I think once when they get that offensive line together and give Russell Wilson some time, they give DK Metcalf more time to get downfield and get open. I think the Seahawks will turn around. Pete Carroll's pretty good on defense. Yeah, uh, so. solid. Mm-hmm. But speaking of keeping quarterbacks protected, that brings us to our next game. Something that the Buccaneers were able to do very well uh, Saturday night, and that was keep Tom Brady upright against a formidable defensive front in Washington. They absolutely were, and this 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 up front of Washington is going to be great over the next couple of years. But yeah. Buccaneers definitely did their job. But uh, it's it's weird to say the winning team I think does not have the top story. Uh, I would say the MVP probably uh, would have to be Taylor Heineke. Yeah, Taylor Heineke. Heineke, that's, uh, that's it. Uh, I mean, that's, that's good for him. I'm curious to see where he'll end up next year. I don't know if it'll be in Washington, uh, but I, I think he earned himself at a backup job somewhere because well, I think he can come in and 
play competitively. Well, and I think that's going to be the thing, too, where Washington is going to have to sit back and decide with this QB draft class, do they sign Henneke but then also take a quarterback? And then that way then they have two solid options at quarterback. Because I agree, Henneke, he definitely um, – he, he, his, his grit and determination uh, mm. absolutely won, and he won the respect of that locker room. Yeah. So that's just going to be really interesting to see uh, where they go forward and – uh, nice thing too about it is he's going to be pretty cheap. So teams do want to take a, a couple year contract on him just because they know his heart and his terminate his determination. That's going to yeah. be really interesting to see where Washington goes. Seems like he fits in that system well. I mean, on primetime TV against argue, like potentially one of the the top teams in the NFL, he hung with Tom Brady and was just absolutely able to just grit. Uh, a, like a close, close loss to the Buccaneers. And that front seven of Tampa Bay is pretty good. Uh, I mean, Shaq Barrett, Devin White, and Dominican Sue. Yeah. That's not yeah. a slouch of a team to go against. Oh, absolutely. And so, he was able to have the performance and, and get that recognition to where everyone can, like, it's just, it's just in awe of this guy's uh, performance. And that's something you don't see every day, especially honestly from a quarterback as well, where they just kind of just are like just going to grind out to a win. And I'm very curious to see what Washington does. The only issue with a, with a kind of a, a, a style like that that Haneke has is can he do that for a whole season if he if he is well, the- that is one thing is he almost didn't make it through the one game. He he got hurt. Uh, I want to say it was it his left hand or left arm. Or was it his throwing side? Uh, I can't remember, but I do know what you're talking about, though. And so that's just, when when you're your quarterback, you don't want to be taking that many hits. Yeah. So, but that being said, though, with a guy like that in the locker room, uh, team, team teams definitely feed off that energy. And a leader like that, that's going to be someone you're going to want to have in the locker room. And it could be very important to Washington to, to keeping them uh, moving forward uh, as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I still think the better team won this game. Uh, yeah. I'm curious to see the Buccaneers. We'll get into that in a second, but then next week. Uh, speaking of impressive quarterback performances, uh, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens came into Tennessee and tore up the logo a little bit. Yeah, they tore up the logo a little bit, but I'll have to disagree with you a little bit on, on impressive performances. Um, really? But- I don't. Lamar Jackson didn't win that game for the Ravens. Did he have a good game? Yes, but besides really the one, uh, the fifty-yard uh, touchdown run where where he kind of broke out, I, I felt like what won the game for the Ravens was that defensive front. They they kept Derrick Henry to, to just forty yards rushing, yeah. and and that is that is a huge feat. They kept that Titans offense in check, and uh, the Ravens offense. I felt like I honestly felt like they struggled a little bit. I felt like they weren't um, they weren't the high powered offense that they were last year, and I think this is one of those cases where I think the quarterback's getting a little bit more praise than um, than than he deserves. Mm-hmm. So I agree that the defensive front won the game because they held Derrick Henry to forty rushing yards. I I will not argue with that, but I think Lamar Jackson won the other side of the ball. One, he was efficient as a passer. He didn't throw a touchdown, uh, and he threw an interception, but he was 17 of 24 uh, for 180 yards. 
And I think that's pretty good efficiency wise. Um, that's about 11 yards a ball, uh, mm-hmm. and or per completion. Uh, but his ability to run the ball, and I know you said he had the 150 yard carry, but he had 80 other yards uh, that came in key situations, one of which was to close out the game. And I think yeah. to me, that's what was impressive was that he was able to just, even though his receivers weren't getting open, and even though like the offense may not have gone to uh, the game plan he was still able to just kind of be like, all right, well, time to put on my big man pants and just run for the first down and be able to do what he did against that defense. Yeah. Uh, and I agree. I, I mean, the one thing, though, I, I think for the, for them, if they're going to want to continue to keep moving forward, is he's going he's gonna to have to be a more – I say more efficient passer. That, that one pick that he had was a – was not really a good pick. And I – do agree he did he did have a lot of yards uh uh overall uh uh for, for the 136 yards but that, that's also that's part of their game plan if yeah. he's not able to effectively throw the ball down the field i, I think it's going to be kind of tough for them uh mm-hmm. to, to go up against the bills because the bills defense is significantly better than uh the titans defense and going around not saying lamar jackson had a bad game but if there was an MVP for the game, it, it was that front line of. No, I I, I agree with that uh, of the Ravens. Mm-hmm. So I also think too the Ravens benefited from the Tennessee Titans receivers getting banged up. Corey Davis was yeah. not at one hundred percent. I don't even think he played in the final sequence. No, he didn't. Brown no. was also getting banged up as well. AJ Brown came into the game hurt, uh, but. He played pretty well in the first half. I just don't think he was able to necessarily compete with Marlon Humphreys. Um, one of the things, too, that I think that lost the game was that uh, final offensive play for Tennessee when Ryan Tannehill threw the interception. If you watch the game from, like, the sky view or whatever, you can see the whole field. He locked in on uh, whoever that receiver was. I uh, Nick Westbrook. And, and Westbrook. I know what you're talking about. Uh, if, if you look at it at the top of the screen on the Ravens sideline, AJ Brown had a step on his receiver. That could have been an easy touchdown. Yeah, uh, but uh, but still, but if you go look this in the first quarter, I'm, I'm watching the game and I'm looking. The Titans are going to win this game. They're just steamrolling, and mm-hmm. they just maybe it was a if it was a coaching thing or if it was injuries or maybe the Ravens defense did play really well, specifically the front the front the the, the front line to, to yeah. keep Henry. Uh, at that many yards, especially when, when you, he, Derrick Henry running the ball is the life, it is the, the heartbeat of the Tennessee offense. And when you cut that out, that's so hard for that team to, to move the ball because it takes away, it, it takes away the QB option, uh, the QB read option where Tannehill scored multiple touchdowns this year. Uh, most famous one was probably against the, the Texans in the final week to score to go up. Uh, at, at the end of the game because everyone is expecting the ball to go to Henry and then Tanhill keeps it in and can walk into the end zone. When you take when you take plays like that away and you make it into must pass situations, the Titans yeah. are, are not uh, are, are, are not that great. Uh, a lot of their success passing the ball is when the running game is going well and they're able to do uh, play action passes and, and a lot of timing routes as well to AJ Brown or Corey Davis over the middle yeah. of the field. And that's and, something that I think that people underestimated coming into this game was the impact that uh, the acquisitions of Clays Campbell and Unique Ngakwe 
uh, had on the run game because they didn't play in the first time they met this season. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. I did not know both, that. Both of those players did not play. I okay. didn't know that until pregame, until we was watching the pregame show on uh, Sunday morning. Yeah, and, and that's going to be huge when you have big run stoppers that are like that. Yeah. Uh, um, and actually, and you, and you know what, and that makes sense too because I was even wondering why, like how this is different than the first time that they played. Yeah. This year. And, and uh, it, it even makes sense. And you said they acquired them in the offseason? Uh, they acquired Calais Campbell in the offseason, and they acquired Unique and Gawkway via trade uh, at the trade deadline. Oh, okay. Well, then that makes sense too why the Titans uh, beat them in the playoffs last year as well because they were able to just run the ball all over the Ravens and they didn't have the defense to stop it to open yeah. up the passing game. And so uh, I – We'll talk about the Ravens here a little bit more, you know, in, in my prediction for them. But it's not that Lamar Jackson didn't have a good game or that he played bad. But it wasn't an MVP-type performance, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I could easily see, you were talking about Russell Wilson, I could easily, uh, in a game like that against the Titans, having the same rushing stats but a much better passing game, uh, much more versatility, uh, yeah. I feel like, when moving the ball. Uh, and so – uh, yeah, I mean, just basically that's my thoughts. So the, the 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 MVP of the game should have been that front four for yeah, uh, no. for the Ravens. I, I agree with that, but I don't think Lamar Jackson's impact on the offensive side of the ball is actually getting quite enough credit because the offense was not doing anything. J.K. Dobbins didn't run the ball for very much. Uh, Mark Ingram was out, and the receivers were not really getting open. Yeah, but and then the, besides, like I said, that one that one run. Yeah, yeah. They the offense still didn't really do much uh, general. I felt like I mean, well, they did have four hundred total yards. The Titans only had two hundred nine. Yeah, so, oh, I didn't realize the Titans had that few yards. That's interesting. So Lamar Jackson had more yards alone than the whole Titans did. Uh, more total yards, yeah. Yeah, more total yards, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. We well, we can talk more about the Ravens here in a second. Uh, Moving on to the Saints Bears game, not a whole lot. Yeah, I feel like that was almost as predictable as it could have been. The most exciting yeah. thing about that game was watching it on uh, Nickelodeon. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, I don't know, did you get a chance to watch the game? On, I on watched. Nickelodeon? I watched the highlights of the Nickelodeon, like when they scored the touchdown, they slimed the end zone, and everything. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I, I saw it too, and I tried to watch it a little bit. Uh, but then uh, I would have loved to watch the Nickelodeon game if Tony Romo wasn't uh, the color commentator. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I would have probably watched the Nickelodeon game, but watching Tony Romo uh, uh, commentate a football game is absolutely amazing. I think I think he's the best commentator out there. Um, and it also goes to show really kind of how boring the game was when we're talking about the commentators. Uh, yeah. It, the game was very straightforward, didn't really do uh, uh, too much uh, that that was surprising, so to say. Yeah. Saints. It, well, it was just – I mean, it was 7-3 to three at halftime. I th- This game was not quite but almost as boring as Super Bowl 53. Uh, yeah. Yeah, probably less suspense than Super Bowl yeah. 53. Um, but yeah, the Saints just kind of just took care of business. Clearly, the much better team. Yeah. Um, and the Bears was definitely kind of one of those uh, happy to be there 
uh, moments. Uh, I, I am curious. So they, in the beginning of the game, the Bears ran a trick play. I think it was Victor Mims was the receiver, then dropped a wide open pass in the end yeah. zone. I would have been a roll. Yeah, it, 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 if if he would have caught that, it would have been seven seven towards the end of the first quarter, and who who knows uh, what could have happened uh, from there because the the Saints didn't score enough points to where maybe in the N like in in the NFL uh, any team can put up twenty one points. Um, yeah, so who knows what could have happened? But that was really the only thing that the Bears did that. That, that that maybe could have, uh, I guess, scared the Saints. That Saints defense is just so good. They're able to lock down an offense, and even the Bears' yeah. offense isn't, isn't the best. Yeah. So. No, I, I, I agree. I don't really think the Bears could have done much else except, for again, for that one play. Um, yeah. But, again, and then the Saints. I'm curious to see the Saints just be further on in the playoffs. Just because Drew Brees is now forty-two, Michael Thomas is—he uh, hasn't—he's only played but three games this year. Alvin Kamara has a ton of uh, wear on his tires this season. Yeah. So I don't—I'm curious to see how that's going to go uh, later on in the playoffs. Well, I mean, I will say they—they've got the—they're uh, uh, playing the team that they—that they've got a good record against this year uh, in the next game. So. It, it is just a couple more games. Uh, uh, anything can happen, you know. Just a, a, 180 more minutes of good football, and the Saints are Super Bowl champs. So, uh, any team can get hot. That defense is uh, is really good, and uh, it's going to be really interesting to just to kind of see. I definitely felt like Drew Brees has lost a little zip um, when uh, uh, ever since that rib injury. So I wonder if that's taking a toll on, on the throwing offense. But with Michael Thomas out there, he is still a threat. He's he, like even if he's just a decoy. Yeah, you know. So t- teams have to prepare for him. Yeah, no, and uh, I agree. I, I I'm a little. I was a little worried about those two not being on the same page. But then they've played together for five years now, mm-hmm. five six years. So I I think they kind of have that chemistry down still. Um, I'm just curious with that much time off the offense kind of adjusts and then you throw him back in uh, how that's going to play out. Yeah. Well, knowing Sean Payton and Drew Brees, like the experience between the two of them that I think when it comes to game plan, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll figure something out that works. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I think, I think they'll figure it out. And I mean, even then, even if they just go away from the passing game and give it to Alvin Kamara, I don't think they can go wrong there. Yeah, yeah. So, but then uh, kind of going to the final game, I think I think everyone kind of has their fan fra- uh, fan favorite now, Super Bowl fan favorite to win. Uh, geez, what what a start! The exact opposite of of the Bear Saints game. This was uh, very exciting from the get go. Um, uh, and man, the Browns look good. I mean, I really think. Uh, I know the Steelers have been struggling a little bit, but they've, they've got the weapons that are there. They've got the defense. I they, would love, I would love to see them make a run. I, I would too. They have so much talent that, oh, yeah. that I don't think a lot of people realize that they had been building up over the past few years, but just yeah. at the skill positions alone, 
they have so much talent that they could make a run just if people start to click. Yeah. Like, well, I didn't realize they had one of the best offensive lines there. Yeah. I think by PFF standards, well, they're, right, the they're, they're what in the regular season they did. Did you hear oh. Baker's uh, post game interview? No, I did not. I did not. What do you say? So they were talking about some of their offensive line were out with injuries. Some were out with COVID. Uh, and he was saying how he went up to uh, one of his offensive linemen uh, before the game and actually had to introduce himself because they'd never actually met in person before. <laughs> That's really uh, and then And then in the fourth quarter, one, one of their guards went down. So this guy that Baker Mayfield had just met in the locker room before the game is now in in the fourth quarter of a playoff game as they're trying to close out the game. That's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. Yeah. You know, and stuff like that, you know, that makes me – well, and, and and we have family up in Ohio that are big Browns fans. Uh, God bless them. That sucks. But uh, um, not not this year, you know. Um, but just their last playoff win was before I was born. You know, just to have that kind of, uh, just to kind of have that kind of franchise and just all this bad luck, all these bad teams, and they're they're a fun team to watch. They're 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 kind of like the Bills. I would say they're kind of like a Bills Junior. Uh, yeah. You know they they're they're well rounded. Uh, I think Josh Allen is a little bit better than Baker Mayfield overall, but the receiver mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs is better than Jarvis Landry. Um, uh, yeah, I think they're I think the Browns' tight ends are better. I think I think having a running back combination between Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, uh, Devin Singletary, I think would pro- I'd probably put him behind them a little bit, and then also well, then with they're able to to, to share carry too. So it's only Devin Singletary now. So that's going to be really interesting. That that would be a, a, an AFC Championship game if if that would happen. A lot of mm-hmm. uh, a lot of things. The Browns got to do a lot of things um, to beat the Chiefs. But the this this is the this is the first game where we've talked about the winning team. I think more uh, uh, more than the losing team. Because uh, the Browns just it, it was nice it was neat to see them play and and play well and and, and beat the Steelers uh, and we we we've talked about Ben Roethlisberger a little bit already but yeah. the Steelers I think are in a transitional period because they definitely fell off uh, yeah. towards the end of the season. Well, I, you know, so it's interesting. We might have gotten a little preview of the neck of the next season uh, for the Steelers with Mason Rudolph in Week 17. Uh, yeah. I I think. With where the Steelers are picking, um, they need a few O-linemen. They may – I could see Najee Harris coming to the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, they need – they kind of need that skill position running back. Um, but well, so, so, that, so that's the age-old debate, though, is where, like, do we need a good running back? But if you don't have an offensive line, though, yeah, that can, that can create holes for them. And Their offensive line isn't terrible, though. I wouldn't say they're elite, but they're not – bad yeah they're not bad yeah so it'd be interesting it'd be interesting to kind of see where uh they end up to where um Najah harris is and, and what potential offensive linemen uh are are in that spot because I, I i think just the ravens not the ravens the steelers are in a good spot if they decide to go with mason rudolph as their starting mm-hmm. quarterback which which they easily could um yeah. that's an offensive lineman might be the best spot to go. So you can add yeah. extra protection. Cause I feel like James, James Connors, no Le'Veon Bell, but I feel yeah. like he's not, not horrible though. 
No, he's. I think he's a good complimentary back. I, I think he's. A, he can come in on third down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had he had a few good seasons where he ran for over a thousand yards. Yeah. But I I don't think he is a an elite level. He's not a Nick Chubb. He's not a Le'Veon Bell or what Le'Veon Bell used to be. Uh, he's not one of those guys. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and you can look out and you can look through almost every great running back season. Um, you go look at Derrick Henry uh, this year, mm-hmm. rushed over two thousand yards. All those all those guys had an elite offensive line in front of them. And yeah. if, if you don't have an elite offensive line in front of um, a running back, that that guy's never going to pan out. They, yeah. The running back is only going to be as good as your offensive line. We'll look at DeMarco Murray from a few years ago at the Cowboys uh, when he ran for 2,000 yards. And then he went to the Eagles, and it was a different system. They had different yeah. types of offensive line. But well, you're absolutely right. He had he had, he had had moving trucks in front yeah. of him in, in Dallas. And, and, and at the Eagles, it just wasn't the same. It just wasn't yeah. the same. So, so. yeah, but, but that being said, the, the Browns definitely uh, – Definitely excited to see them win. I think the Steelers did kind of gift them a win with three turnovers in the first quarter, starting yeah. out twenty-eight. One of zero. which was for a touchdown. One and of the other two was... were in Steeler territory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, essentially, yes. Um, I, I, I mean, if you're a Browns fan, the game could not have started more perfectly. Yeah, and so, uh, so definitely very. Uh, interesting to kind of see where they go uh from here um i think actually are they the first game yeah and uh no they're the first game no, on no, no. the Ra- uh yeah the rams and packers are the first game on well, saturday uh let's just go straight into it what do you think the browns have to do to beat the chiefs so i actually think the browns match up pretty well against the chiefs mm-hmm. um i think for them to go in there uh they have to they have to hit Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think Miles Garrett has to have a two or three sack game, uh, maybe force a fumble, uh, force a sloppy interception, uh, the, and they have to get turnovers like they did against the Steelers. Um, yeah. The one difference is, I think Baker Mayfield is going to have a day against the Steelers or against the Chiefs defense. That's. That's what I was thinking too. This Chiefs, this Chiefs defense is not no not particularly great. Not only I think is Baker Mayfield going to going to have a good day. Uh, I th- I think the I think they're going to run the ball extremely yeah. well. They have a great offensive line that can run in between the tackles, mm-hmm. and both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb can also run outside the tackles as well and can run out mm-hmm. in the flat and catch balls. Well, they can they can run screen plays too. Uh, yeah. Well, they can run running back screens, wide receiver screens. I think there is so many ways that the Browns can attack the Chiefs. Yeah. Also, I think the Falcons laid out a model for teams to attack the Chiefs in yeah. was week 14. And week, I think, 16. week 16. Week 16. 16. Uh, and I think if the Browns can follow that Falcons model on defense, I think yeah. they have actually a good chance of beating the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I agree with that. It just seems like – the Chiefs have kind of lost, kind of going a little bit through what the Seahawks are going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we say this, the Chiefs are going to put up 50 points, I bet. But it, well, it seems like... I think the Chiefs could put up 42 or 45. I think the Browns could just put up 49. Yeah. 
It's going to be uh, – I don't see this one being a low-scoring game. I yeah. absolutely agree with you, and I think I think that they are going to um, – the Browns can definitely win this game. This is by no means uh, uh, a gimme uh, um, by any means. And it's the divisional round in the NFL. It's the quarterfinals. Uh, mm. uh, and the Browns definitely have an opportunity. And if there's a team I don't want to play right now, is the Browns. I mean, the Browns are playing with house money. You know, they, they all the expectations have been met. They won the first playoff game in 26 years. The team morale, I think, is higher than ever. They're getting their coach back. They're getting their uh, starting left guard back. A lot of this, uh, their cornerbacks yeah. are going to be back because of COVID. Like, mm-hmm. like you, you're, you're telling them that they go into Pittsburgh without their head coach, without their probably one of their better linemen, uh, they're two cornerbacks uh, as well, and they win the game. Oh man, they they are going to be confident. Yeah, uh, and I don't think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think they lost anybody. Like 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 no no serious injuries, if I'm not mistaken. I don't I don't think they did either. Uh, they I mean besides Odell Beckham in the, from the beginning of the year, but that, Yo, that yeah, really that's true. I, I just meant with the Steelers game uh, specifically. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. Um, yeah. I, the, I, some of the guys went down with, uh, I think, like ankles got rolled up on, but I don't think it was anything too serious. Nothing that they can't put some tape on and play through yeah. in a in a week. Yeah. Um, but I don't know who who are you picking in this one? Man, I want to pick the Browns as like a fan pick, but I, uh, you know. You know, screw it. I'll pick the Browns. I think the Browns can go in there and win. Like they went in the Steelers. Now the Steelers are not uh, uh, um, are a different team, just a different caliber team than mm-hmm. the Chiefs. But I think the Browns. I'm, I'm going. I'm going to pick the Browns to go in there uh, and win. Because I, I remember even thinking when looking at the playoff bracket from the beginning, I thought the Browns wouldn't beat the Steelers. Um, but if they could. And they played the Chiefs. That that the Chiefs are not the Chiefs that they were last year. They're no. very they are vulnerable on defense mm-hmm. and could uh, easily allow a lot of points. And so mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is if if they can play sound defense and if they're able to to contain that offense, yeah, I, I can see the Browns winning by touchdown. That's, what, that's exactly what I was going to say. I'm going to pick the Browns too. You know, uh, I think if they can go in there. And just keep the big plays away. Yeah. You, you gotta take Tyreek Hill out of that game as much as possible, uh, and keep Patrick Mahomes from launching these sixty-yard bombs. I think if you yeah. can make them do what the Colts made the Bills do, uh, I, I think they have a good chance. Actually, I I really do. Yeah, I I, I think so too. I mean, we'll, we'll you know. We'll, uh, come Monday, uh, we might have some some eggs on our face uh, if we're wrong. But just with just I, it's one of those. It's like I knew the Chiefs would beat the Steelers, even though the Chiefs and the Steelers wouldn't play. Just the Steelers felt like they weren't playing well. But I just mm-hmm. didn't know if the Browns if the Browns could do it. Yeah. And now they did have some help uh, from the Steelers, but the the weapons are there, and yeah. and. Uh, I'm feeling confident. I, I think I think there can be an upset here. Team of Destiny? 
You know, I don't know. There's going to be a team of destiny. Uh, uh, I think the team of destiny is going to be the other home team in the playoffs. Uh, the Bills. The Bills. Uh, I think that that's the team of destiny. It's looking like it's going to snow up in Buffalo on Saturday night. That best Bills team, sim- similar to the Browns, first first home uh, first playoff win I think since '95. Uh, uh, is, is I think what it said, and so similar. This the momentum is in the locker room is great. The town is behind the Bills, um, and I think that's something to say for a lot of these teams that haven't really received too much success. Uh, uh, too much success is just the the whole town is vibing. I I, I know I went up to Buffalo uh, for work a couple years ago and. Uh, watch the Bills game with a bunch of Bills fans and to hear their kind of passion behind the team and their excitement for Devin Singletary, Josh Allen, that uh, the, their whole defense. Now you have Stefan Diggs. Uh, I, I think the Bills personally, I, I think they're going to um, win by double digits against the Ravens. I can't see the Ravens putting up. They put up only 20 points against the Titans and the Titans have one of the worst defenses in the league. Uh, I think the Bills are going to shut them out. Um, well, not shut them out, keep them out of the end zone. But I think the Bills are going to. I think the Bills are going to do just fine against the Ravens. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know if the Bills are going to blow out the Ravens. I am going to pick the Bills to win. Uh, I I think if the, if it's bad weather, I think that kind of plays in favor of Baltimore a little bit. Well, um, so the only thing though is. They were talking. They were talking. Uh, Lamar Jackson's never played a game in the snow. Now I don't know if that means anything, but that, that I think that's going to make it more run heavy. But that's also going to affect the run as well. And this team it already throw. Yeah. So that I I I agree. I still I'm still going to pick the Bills. I just don't think it's going to be able to be the shootout that I think a lot of people or like. I don't think the Bills are going to be able to run up the score the way that they want to. Yeah, um, but I agree, and I, like, and I think when I said, uh, I don't know if I said the word blowout, but I do think that the Bills will win by by uh, uh, ten or more. It, it won't be it won't be like a forty two to fourteen type ordeal uh, or a fifty two twenty four. But mm-hmm. I, I do think that their defense uh, are gonna is gonna get a lot of three and outs. I feel like the Bills offense is gonna be able to go down and, and score some points. So. Mm-hmm. Um, if for and for me, it for for the Ravens to win, they're going to have to play unreal defense. I think, yeah. as well as um, Lamar Jackson playing just a, a, an unbelievable game. Because unlike the the Titans, though, the Bills can run the ball when they want, and they can also throw the ball when they want. Yeah. And the Ravens had the luxury of getting ahead and knowing. Uh, being able to put pressure on Tannehill, knowing that their passing game wasn't as strong, uh, but the Bills' offense, though, is, is so versatile. Uh, they're they're going to be able to do whatever they want, and mm-hmm. it's not it's not going to be easy for the Ravens to just put seven or eight guys in the box like how they get it, like how they did against the Titans. Yeah, and I, I think the Ravens uh, will be able to stop the run um, pretty effectively. I just don't – I don't know if they're going to be able to stop that short passing game with Stefan Diggs uh, and uh, Josh Allen. Yeah. They build scheme really well, uh, and they have John Brown, who's a speedster over the top. I just don't I, – I don't see a way that the Ravens 
could really win unless, like you said, Lamar Jackson just plays unbelievable uh, and has another – I mean, he would have to have close to 400 total yards, I think, for them to actually have a chance. Yeah, and I just I just can't see it with the uh, offense. Um, or Sorry, uh, um, I just can't see it with the way the Bills' defense uh, yeah. has been built. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, just, just, we'll see. Uh, I, I know we're, we're, we're making a bold prediction and then a very confident prediction. So yeah. that, that's, that's a recipe for, uh, a horrible, uh, a horrible outcome for those two teams. <laughs> but, uh, the Bills one just on, on paper, I, I just feel like that one is just, that one just going to lead more towards, um, uh, uh, towards the Bills scoring more than 13 points. Mm-hmm. And, and holding the Ravens to less than 20, I think. So, yeah. but it, it, it's going to be two snowy games on that Saturday. I, I think, uh, if I read correctly, I think it's potentially supposed to be snowing in Green Bay as well. If not, yeah. it's going to be really cold. But uh, this is going to be another uh, low scoring game as well, in my opinion. That, that uh, Rams. Oh, do you think it's going to be high scoring? Well, on the Packers side of the ball. I think it's going to be high scoring. I, okay. I, I don't understand how the Browns Chiefs game has a 10 point spread, but this game only has a six and a half point spread. Well, I wonder if maybe they just think it's going to be low scoring with that Rams defense. Um, Cause that Rams defense is going to go after Aaron Rodgers, but then uh, they're going to stop them for sure. But at the same time, I do wonder if they're going to, uh, um, are they going to be able to put up the points uh, because that offense is nowhere near as good as the Packers offense? Oh yeah, no, I totally agree. And that's, that's where I just think the big disparity between these teams are is the fact that I think the Packers, while they might not put up a ton of points in the first half, and I think the defense may get the better of them uh, for most of the first half. I think the Packers defense will stifle the Rams offense for the full game. And I think in the second half, the Packers will adjust to the Rams defensive schemes and it, they'll just put up a ton of points. They yeah. will either throw in some screens to the game to try and eliminate the pass rush. Uh, they'll do some uh, zone runs where you just, the running back kind of waits for the holes to open up as p- pass rushers run by them. They, there are ways that they can get around that pass rush up the middle uh, to just give Aaron Rodgers that extra second. And yeah. Devonte Adams this year, Oh man, he has been fantastic. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And uh, uh, seeing Chris Collin, uh, Collinsworth bit uh, a couple weeks ago about how he can uh, get his breaks without like using his hands to really throw off the defenders. It was really neat take to see how see the art of the route running that mm-hmm. uh, Devontae Adams has because yeah. he really is is arguably the best receiver this year. Uh, and he's going to be going up against Jalen Ramsey, and if he absolutely torches them, I think there's no doubt that he's going to be the receiver of the year uh, because there's a good opportunity that you're absolutely right that, that the Packers could, could put up some points if they're able to stop the rush and Devontae Adams can get some separation. Yeah, no, and I, I, think, uh, I, I think in the second half, Devontae Adams will have over 75 yards and a touchdown, uh, and I think that'll put the Packers up at least three scores. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It'd, it'd be curious to see how uh, um, uh, Jared Goff is feeling with that thumb. He looked good against the Seahawks, but the caliber of team the Seahawks are compared to the Packers is, is, is not the same. No. Yeah. Yeah. 
So and so let's move on to the last game, the Sunday, Sunday night, the Buccaneers versus the Saints. So with me, I always say the Bucks are going to win this one. Uh, I think. Really? Um, yeah, I think the Bucks are going to win. It's one of those kind of. Everyone was saying the Titans are going to beat the Ravens because they're they beat them last two times. I think the Bucks are going to come in with a chip on their shoulder. The Saints, I think their offense isn't what it was. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the year with Drew Brees getting hurt, I don't think they're able to move the ball at, as uh, effectively. And the Buccaneers defense can absolutely hold their own, and they're going to get after Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. I, I just I think the Bucks have been clicking, and uh, I, I think the Buccaneers are are, are going to win this game, not handedly. But um, fairly convincingly. So I think this game, to me, is going to depend on, ironically, I think the first quarter. If the Bucks come out and it looks anywhere close to what the last two games look like, uh, I mean, Tom Brady's getting hit, receivers aren't getting open, drop passes. I, I will be concerned for the Buccaneers. I don't yeah. think that's going to happen again. I think the Bucks are going to come out. Uh, they're going to go hurry up, and I think they're going to put points up on the board fast. Um, and that defense is starting to fly around. Uh, Antoine Winfield in the secondary for the Bucks. Uh, he's yep. only five eleven, like I think two ten, two fifteen. But man, he can lay some hits down on receivers, and he always seems to be present in uh, in down the field passing plays. Yeah. So I think the Buccaneers have a very good chance. Uh, they have a better chance than the last two times that they played. Um, I, I I agree as well, and and I think with with what's on the line, I think Breeze isn't. I think Breeze's uh, ribs, uh, I think, are still affecting him. But people aren't want to uh, want, want to say. I don't think he's able to throw the ball as effectively. And he looked uh, like he lost a little bit of a zip last time. Yeah, 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 and 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 that definitely seemed noticeable against the Bears. I, I felt like. They were a little bit more predictable in offense, more more run heavy than they have been, um, and I just think that I just think everything just kind of is a building up uh, as a, as as a Buccaneers win. Uh, yeah. I think I think a lot of people are getting there uh, are getting what they want with the Tom Brady Drew Brees playoff matchup, mm-hmm. and I think people are really going to be excited for a Tom Brady Aaron Rodgers playoff matchup, something that's never happened. Uh, arguably, I, I mean, I don't know where Aaron Rodgers ranks on all time quarterbacks, but this is going to be one of the better quarterback matchups, mm-hmm. um, that I think people are going to be really excited for. Yeah. And, uh, I think Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, uh, will if it if it does happen will be a very interesting matchup just because i think the teams are very similar mm-hmm. uh elite receivers uh elite quarterbacks pretty okay offensive line but uh defenses are heavy in the front seven uh granted i think the packers have a slight advantage in secondary but uh i don't know and we'll see what happens uh well we saw what happened in the uh regular season meeting between the two teams um, yeah. I know the one. What was the score of the other Saints Buccaneers game? I know the one down in Tampa. The Saints blew them out. Yeah, it was. Uh, I want to say like forty-two, thirty-one. I can look. Uh, no, thirty-four, twenty-three. Thirty-four, twenty-three. Okay, Saints won. So 
so not a blowout, but definitely they're 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 putting up some points. It was it was close. It was uh, not as close as the score makes it sound. Too. Really? Okay. Yeah, the, the Saints uh, put up thirty four. I don't say easily, but and the Bucks yeah. I think scored one at the end. I just think now with the addition of Antonio Brown, then you got Chris yeah. Godwin, you got Gronk and OJ Howard at tight end, you got Leonard Fournette and um, uh, who's uh, Ronald Jones as their running backs, and Mike Evans is, is there also. Um, I'm not sure how his knee is feeling. I, I think he only hyperextended it a couple weeks ago, but yeah. like that that offense now it seems like they're clicking. Yeah, like it's holy, it's so many options that Tom Brady can just sit back there and read. Yeah. And that offensive line played really well against that uh, Washington front four. Yeah, and that's going to give them that the confidence against Cameron yeah. Jordan uh, yeah. in, in, in that front. Who, uh, that Cameron front. Jordan has not played well since New Orleans played Kansas City, and he got ejected. Yeah. yeah. So he has not played He has not played with the same fire. Um, and so I think, I think with all – I say all this, and I'm going to go against my word uh, on this, and I hate – to bet against Tom Brady, <laughs> I, I but I still think the Saints are just gonna win. I just the defense is good, uh, even though I don't think that front seven has been as good uh, lately. Um, I still think they'll be able to scheme to get to Tom Brady, uh, but I will be rooting for the Buccaneers. Just don't necessarily think that they're gonna win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. no, and and that's. He, Either either pick can't really go wrong uh, with either pick because I can absolutely see both teams winning this game. Yeah, uh, and definitely that could definitely see the Saints. I just the big X factor. It's surprisingly, I think, in the first time in in his Saints career, the X factor is going to be Drew Brees. Yeah, I, it is. Is he healthy enough to to? Throw the ball down the, all, all all corners of the field. The long ball, the 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 medium yardage balls. Uh, obviously, he's going to be able to to, um, to do the the dump off passes. But mm-hmm. can he do that? Can he stay healthy? Uh, and what is most likely is his final final playoff run. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Yeah. I'm excited to see all four of these games. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of neat stories. I think. Uh, uh, Going in, going into this divisional round, the Browns, mm-hmm. obviously, the Browns, just the Browns. That's just that's the story. The Browns, the Browns yeah, actually made the Browns. It this yeah. <laughs> uh, the Bills have a really fun team uh, to watch, and can I, I think they can do really well. Um, and that and that franchise needs a Super Bowl after what happened in the early nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, Packers and the Rams, I think. Two opposite teams, offensive heavy team versus defensive heavy team. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who's going to win? And then, and then you got the the two old guys, the two oldies uh, yeah. going at it. So, uh, would love to see them play in the Super Bowl against each other, but at the same time, nothing's perfect, uh, and we'll we'll have to do with this one. So, oh yeah, alrighty. Do you have anything else? No, uh, but I did just realize I'm going to be on a plane during the divisional round, so I'll be able to watch that. I'll be able to watch that that Buccaneers Saints game. Okay. So yeah, it's going to be fun. I'll need to make sure my phone is charged. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> so. I, that's a. Uh, I think Sunday is going to be more exciting than Saturday. Uh, yeah, I think so too. Right. It's two opposite days. Probably going to be a little bit more defensive heavy. Um, uh, I personally think the Bills are just going. I think the Bills are just going to outplay 
the Ravens. The Ravens. I just can't. See, I can't see the Ravens scoring uh, that much. Thirty uh, plus on them. I mean, yeah, they're gonna have I, to put up thirty plus. Say it again. I said the Ra- the Ravens are gonna have to put up thirty plus if they want a chance. Probably. I mean, their defense. Their defense is good. Uh, probably similar to the Colts, but I think the Ravens' defense was only made better because because uh, they shut down the the run against the yeah. because they know the Titans do struggle to pass the ball. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and I think Sunday is going to be a very offensive heavy day. Mm-hmm. So, who knows? We'll see. Uh, uh, hopefully, our picks are right, and we are, and we look really genius. I think. Uh, 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 I think it can be done. So yeah, yeah. Alrighty. Well, I think that's going to conclude uh, episode three of uh, punts, pucks, and pitches. Uh, make sure to come back on Friday. We will be doing a mock draft for the teams that are still or that are already out. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. All right. See you guys. See you, Ryan. See ya.